afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Uh, viewers and listeners for the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations 30th uh, Annual Arab-U.S. Policymakers Conference. My name is John Duke Anthony. I'm the founding president and chief executive officer of the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations. And the focus of this session is unprecedented. Uh, the emphasis is on a small country that in the jargon of the media and even diplomats and other foreign affairs practitioners punches above its weight. In other words, like Singapore, like Switzerland, like Belgium, a country does not have to be large and militarily powerful or even economically uh, powerful in order to have a defining difference from the perspective of leadership. And this is what we're going to do after remarks from three of us having to do with Qatar. Uh, we'll try to provide some background context and perspective uh, for this country. And then we'll have a one minute presentation from the US commanding general of all America's forces in the Middle East, General Kenneth McKenzie and the principal deputy assistant secretary of state for Near East Affairs, uh, Joey Hood. <clears throat> I'm privileged, pleased and honored uh, to play this role uh, because I have been an eyewitness to uh, Cutter's extraordinary uh, journey and its evolution uh, to being one of the most modernized and developed of all developing countries, uh, uh, indeed was there prior to its independence as a guest of the British foreign ministry uh, that thought it would behoove the United States government if there was one American with the British on the ground as uh, Great Britain proceeded to abrogate its longstanding treaties uh, by which it administered the defense and broader foreign relations of various countries that lined the eastern realm of the Arabian Peninsula. Now, Qatar is strategically situated geographically uh, in an ideal position. It lies front and center of the six GCC countries of Bahrain, Oman, uh, Qatar itself, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates and Kuwait. Uh, in 1976, this was recognized when these countries, plus then Iraq, agreed that the one country that should be the headquarters of all of them with regard to future strategic planning should be Qatar. Uh, and they established the Gulf Organization for industrial consultancy. Uh, little known to outsiders, uh, but a necessary entity to be better known because Qatar has the potential to be the economic energy powerhouse uh, driving the future industrialization and manufacturing component of the entire GCC regions ongoing march to further modernization 
and uh, development. Fast forward and you find that Qatar has revolutionized an aspect of the American educational system and set an example for other countries anxious to have study abroad programs for their citizens. Up until what I'm about to mention that Qatar has done, uh, the standard experience for students in liberal arts universities was uh, to apply for a Fulbright fellowship, whereby they could go for a year or longer uh, to a country outside the United States uh, for their research and development aiming towards their doctoral dissertation and PhD uh, degree. Or uh, there were the study abroad for semester programs at many universities and colleges. What Qatar has done is to establish four-year complete curriculum, exactly the same as the curricula in American universities and colleges uh, from the freshman year through graduation at the senior year. There are some seven American universities that are on the ground in Qatar providing a four-year uh, education, just like in the United States. One of the more recent ones is Georgetown University. Uh, Carnegie Mellon at Pittsburgh has two for information technology and business administration. Texas A&M has the School for Engineering and Petroleum Engineering, Mechanical Engineering, Civil Engineering, and several other fields of engineering. Uh, Cornell University as its medical school uh, overseas in Qatar, again, four-year medical school, Virginia Commonwealth University for Arts, Humanities, and the Design, and Northwestern University in terms of journalism and mass communications. So any person from abroad, as well as Qataris themselves, especially Qataris themselves, uh, do not have to search farther uh, for a world-class, first-class education than to uh, be admitted to one of these American universities inside of Qatar itself. With regard to uh, other aspects of Qatar that are little known, it has arguably the best Islamic museum to be found on the face of the earth. There are other great ones here and there elsewhere, to be sure, but nothing quite as beautiful and aesthetic and architecturally a gem as the one in uh, Qatar. It also, believe it or not, of interest to Americans in particular, but actually globally where you've had a Black Lives Matter phenomenon uh, in full gear since the killing of George Floyd, an African-American, in Minneapolis, Minnesota in May, the year before last. Uh, yours truly has been privileged to be involved in many of the demonstrations, 133 to be exact, uh, calling for reforms and the structure and system of our minorities and the less fortunate and the disadvantaged have been treated in the United States. But Qatar has a full-blown museum on the institution of slavery worldwide. 
which is also worthy of a visit in and of itself, not just by African-American leaders or the heads of the historic black colleges and universities, but virtually anyone who wants to dive as deep as possible into the origins and the horror, horrors and the inhumanities and the brutalities of systems of slavery uh, in the United States and elsewhere throughout uh, human uh, hi history. Uh, Cutter's role uh, in the area of philanthropy and charity is also poorly understood and little known, especially in the United States, in spite of the fact that Cutter contributed tens of millions of dollars uh, to aid the victims of Katrina in Louisiana and storm hurricane and other natural disaster uh, victims in Texas and New Jersey and elsewhere. Cutter also is the home base forward deployed headquarters of all of America's forces in the Middle East uh, in terms of LOD uh, Air Base and elsewhere where some 10,000 Americans, as we speak and listen, uh, reside and are working uh, to contribute to efforts underscoring regional peace and security and stability, without which no one can effectively hope to plan or anticipate or predict uh, affairs that bear on the purpose and meaning of human existence. The situation with regard to Cutter's charity extends far beyond Cutter and its efforts at political mediation of uh, horrendous human rights and related conflicts and disputes. And Darfur and Western Sudan is but one example. What Qatar has done to help the besieged and beleaguered Palestinians who live in an open air prison in the Gaza Strip uh, under Israeli blockade and isolation uh, there and oppression. And no country has been more forthcoming to help those Palestinians as much as has as Qatar. One can say much the same with regard to Qatar's efforts in Yemen, in Lebanon, in Libya, in Syria, and also in Iraq. Uh, it's for these kinds of background uh, reasons uh, that uh, Qatar needs to be better understood. And particularly most recently in the case of Afghanistan, where some 120,000 uh, people uh, were evacuated in record time in less than 10 days. No other country, not Russia, not China, not France, not Great Britain could have matched what Qatar brought to the table in terms of its strategic airlift and aircraft and the accommodations and facilities uh, when these evacuees landed in Doha uh, en route to other countries or to uh, have a stay in Qatar itself as they tried to piece and patch together again their lives that had been smashed to smithereens. Uh, Qatar's role in this particular uh, regard uh, has to be matched with it having been selected to host the 2022 
uh, FIFA, uh, Federation of Independent Football Associations, that will be watched by tens of millions, hundreds of millions, really, worldwide, who are fans of uh, Arab football or uh, global football, which is quite different than American uh, football as, as such. In terms of its energy position and role in regional, world, global affairs that drives the engine, fuels the economies of every country on the planet, large and small, new and old, big and intermediate, and everything in between. Uh, Qatar has the world's third largest reservoir of natural gas coming after the Russian Federation and Iran. And with the increasing emphasis on the use of gas as an alternate fuel to oil among the hydrocarbon fuels, uh, Qatar's position uh, needs to be understood in that context as well. With regard to this uh, extraordinary humanitarian assistance role that Qatar has played, not just in Afghanistan, but in the other areas of crisis and tension and disputation that I enumerated. The National Council is pleased, privileged, and honored uh, to be presenting a global humanitarian leadership award to the Emir of Qatar, His Highness Sheikh Tamim bin Hamid Al Thani, uh, the ruler of the state of Qatar. Uh, before presenting the award and having it received, uh, we have a one minute testimony uh, from General Kenneth McKenzie, commanding general of the United States Central Command, followed by Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary of State, Joey Hood. And just to add on to that, that recently, both as Secretary of State and Secretary of Defense traveled together to visit Qatar and to extend personally and professionally their appreciation for the over-the-top, out-of-the-box, extraordinary, unprecedented uh, humanitarian act of assistance in the darkest hour of Afghanistan's need. And to be mindful that numerous people would have otherwise been unable to reach the airport in Kabul to be evacuated had it not been for the ambassador and diplomatic staff of the embassy of Qatar in Kabul, uh, breaking through the siege, the isolation, the lines of resistance by the Taliban in order to enable these people uh, to leave the uh, the country. And uh, in the last few days, with the conclusion of the Qatar US strategic dialogue, it was agreed that inside of the embassy of Qatar in Kabul, there will be an American unit that works further to facilitate the smoother transition of people who want to depart. Uh, Kabul uh, for lands uh, further beyond Afghanistan for their freedom, safety, and security. General McKenzie, sir. I am delighted to offer my congratulations to His Highness 
Sheikh Tamim bin Hamad El Fani for the honor of receiving the 2021 Global Humanitarian Leadership Award from the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations. Your Highness, this award is richly deserved. There is no clearer demonstration of humanitarian leadership than that which you offered during the humanitarian crisis caused by the collapse of the Afghan government in August. Thanks to your decisive action and cooperation, we and other partners were able to evacuate over 120,000 at-risk people from a war-torn land. A great many of them found temporary refuge in Qatar, where they experienced firsthand your kindness and that of the Qatari people. The scale of this undertaking was unprecedented, and so too was your generous hospitality. Qatar provided food, water, medical care, housing, and other essentials. But you also helped restore these desperate evacuees' faith in humanity. Especially moving was the care demonstrated to children, many separated from their parents who passed through your country. Your Highness, I want to personally thank you for this and for your continued leadership across the region. Those hoping for a better life continue to leave Afghanistan, many from an airport that you have restored to operation aboard Qatari Airways flights via your country. They will never forget what you and the Qatari people have done for them, nor will I. On behalf of U.S. Central Command, thank you again for providing a beacon of hope to those in need and for being a true friend of humanity in a time of need. Congratulations on your well-deserved award. Thank you, General McKenzie. Well-spoken, apt, and underscoring the need to accept and respect all that Qatar has done that is so little or poorly known, but which you and others have helped uh, to make possible people to be better informed and knowledgeable and understanding. And then had you not made your remarks and the remarks that follow yours, uh, Principal Deputy Six Assistant Secretary of State for Near East Affairs, Joey Hood, Mr. Hood. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone tuning in for the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations 30th Annual Arab-U.S. Policymakers Conference. I'm Joey Hood, the Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Bureau of Near Eastern Affairs at the U.S. Department of State, and I'm pleased to be with you once again this year. On behalf of the U.S. government, I would like to convey our warmest congratulations to His Highness the Emir of Qatar, Sheikh Tamim bin Hamad Al Thani, on receiving the Global Humanitarian Leadership Award. Qatar has long been a great friend and strong partner of the United States. There's no greater example of His Highness the Emir's humanitarian leadership than the support Qatar provided to ensure the safe transit of Americans, Afghans, and other nationalities during the largest humanitarian evacuation in history. Simply put, there's absolutely no way we could have evacuated more than 100,000 people from Kabul in such a short amount of time without the support of His Highness, the Qatari government, and the people of Qatar. And that's just one example. His Highness the Emir and Qatar have provided generous humanitarian support to people in the region and around the world affected by natural disasters, conflict, and instability over the years, including right here in America. The United States admires and appreciates the humanitarian work, uh, and I'm glad to see His Highness the Emir and his generosity deservingly recognized today. Thank you, Mr. Hood. And before transitioning 
to the recipient of this award, I wanted to underscore that this is the second time that the National Council on U.S. Arab Relations has had the occasion to present an international leadership award to an Arab head of state. Uh, one could make the case that in this instance, Qatar would be an outstanding candidate for the Nobel Peace Prize. Each year there are 200 or more candidates that are recommended on a global scale, but it would be hard to imagine another country edging out Qatar as a strong candidate for being thusly acknowledged. In addition to our acknowledgement, the previous award that the National Council presented in Arab head of state was to his late majesty, Sultan Qaboos, Bin Said al Busaid, Allah Yehulu, the late ruler of Oman on October the 15th, 1998. Some 33 organizations joined with the National Council to make that uh, presentation. And so here we are, uh, 24 years since then, nearly a quarter of a century, where we have the occasion again to provide such an award, but this time at the humanitarian level, uh, whereas the one for Sultan Qaboos was for international peace, uh, which also Qatar has been very much involved in. And whereas I mentioned, I have been an eyewitness to Qatar's journey for further nonstop rapid modernization and development. It's been uh, a marvel to behold that here we have a country with the highest per capita income of any country in the world and arguably the least social upheaval or economic disarray uh, over the march since 1971 uh, and its obtaining independence uh, from Great Britain, which administered the country's defense and foreign relations up until then. The National Council and myself have had close to 30 programs in Qatar. Uh, many of these, in fact, all of them have as their glue, their lubricant, their adhesive, the educational component. Uh, we have taken more university students, leaders to Qatar uh, as graduates from our youth leadership development program, otherwise known as the Model Arab League, than to any other Arab country. And they have been the guest of the state of Qatar when we've done that. And we've also taken more cadets and midshipmen from the United States Military Academy at West Point, the Air Force Academy at Colorado Springs, Colorado, and the Naval Academy at uh, Annapolis, Maryland, on study visits to Qatar, where they have been exposed to the culture in this society and visits to sites of historical infrastructural and developmental interests. Otherwise, our military uh, personnel usually are on a short timeline and meet almost extensively, if not exclusively, uh, with people in the American embassy. And they do not have a chance to travel the country 
to, to be with ordinary citizens outside of the realm of defense, deterrence, and armed services, dynamics, and realities. So we've been privileged to work with Qatar in that regard as well, and look forward to continuing uh, to do so. Uh, it was one of the treasures of my life in 1971, when uh, I was asked by Qatar, is there anything further I would like to do or experience than during my stay in Qatar as the British were proceeding to abrogate their treaties with Qatar. And I mentioned that I had long cherished the dream of sailing in a Dow, D-H-O-W, a traditional Arab sailing vessel. And, and they said, well, why would you like to go? And I said, well, I'm further going and, uh, down the Gulf to the lower Gulf, so to speak. And I would like to go to the Emirates and to Oman. They arranged uh, for me uh, to be a passenger on a cargo down, uh, which uh, sailed on for three days from Doha to Das and Dira de Bay. I love the alliteration sound <laughs> even now. <clears throat> as one of the uh, few passengers allowed on the Dow uh, with Kuwaitis coming back, <clears throat> Omanis coming back from Kuwait to help with the date harvest in Oman, uh, with Iranians who were trying to evade the draft in um, Iran, and with Bahrainis uh, seeking uh, work uh, outside of their, their country. Uh, so it's been a privilege to watch Hakkutter has evolved in its journey and its destiny uh, to become a showpiece of modernization and development. And it's not by accident that it has been awarded the hosting of the Federation of Independent Football Associations for 2022. And not by accident that it was cited to be the headquarters of the Gulf Organization for Industrial Consultancy. Uh, to avoid duplication and waste and unnecessary competition between and amongst the six GCC uh, countries. For all of these reasons rolled into one, Americans need to acknowledge more and applaud more uh, what Qatar has done on the humanitarian and charitable uh, fronts. And we do this uh, with distinction, pleasure, privilege, and honor with the Deputy Chief of Mission, Hamid al-Mufta of the Embassy of Qatar in the United States, accepting the award on behalf of the Emir, Sheikh Tamim bin Hamid al-Thani. Your Excellency, Mr. al-Mufta. Dr. Anthony, Your Excellencies, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. It's my privilege and honor to accept the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations first ever Global Humanitarian Leadership Award on behalf of His Highness, the Emir of Qatar. Dr. Anthony, while His Highness was unfortunately unable to be here in person, I assure you he sent his personal greeting and warmest regards. Qatar deeply respects and values the Council. The organization plays an essential role in strengthening ties between the United States and the Arab world. On behalf of His Highness, I extend Qatar most sincere appreciation to Dr. Duke Antonis, the board members, Mr. John Pratt, and the volunteers who work toward the successful events. His Highness, the Emir, and Qatar as a whole 
is proud to extend its assistance to our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. Qatar has long been committed to advancing peace, security, and prosperities in our region and beyond. Our efforts in Afghanistan and indeed throughout the region are an extension of this deeply held commitment. Thank you once again on behalf of His Highness the Emir of Qatar, and it's my honor to be here with you today. Thank you. And to underscore how important this award is and how richly warranted and deserved it is, <clears throat> Secretary of State Blinken, Secretary of Defense Austin, and General McKenzie, our three senior most foreign affairs practitioners for the United States government, have all three said that no country has helped more in these humanitarian needs, issues, challenges, and concerns, and interests, and objectives in recent times than Qatar. Congratulations to the people of Qatar, to the Emir of Qatar, and to those who have worked to make this relationship as strong and powerful and impressive and influential as it has been, become, and is destined to become even more.